You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Hump Day! I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I am also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. Today, I'll be joined by Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints to talk about the possible fits with Kyle Trask and Kadarius Toney with the New Orleans Saints. Then after that, I'll take a look at some NFC fits for wide receiver Trayvon Grimes. Once again, thank you to the person who left a review but didn't leave a name on Apple Podcasts, so can't shout you out directly, but I'll be working on my delivery to make it more entertaining for you all. Please do leave a review or reach out to me in some way so that I can make this the best Gators podcast around. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked on Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. How you doing, Ross? Great, man. Glad to be here with you. Appreciate you having me on, dude. I don't like how you're smiling like a, like there's something sneaking up on you. I I'm happy to be something. here. I'm ha- genuinely like happy to be something. here. <laughs> no, no, no. Just genuinely happy to be here. It was so grateful mm. to have you uh, here and a part of the network. You're doing an awesome job, and it's so great to have this show back and to have it in good hands. Thank you. I'm loving it. I mean, you know, Gators fans, so I'm excited hey, man. for all this. <laughs> I can't wait for more of it. But uh, down to business, you, of course, after a very long time, no longer have Drew Brees as a starting quarterback for the Saints, mm-hmm. who, for those who don't know, Drew Brees was actually one of the players who got me into football to begin with. Dope! Yes, he was. He was the reason I wanted to play quarterback in high school, and then I threw a ball, and I was like, all right, defense. <laughs> Same um, happening. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, how, that's exactly how it went. Um, so without Drew Brees now, the Saints might be in the market for a quarterback early in the draft. How do you feel about Kyle Trask and his potential fit with the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see how the Saints approach the quarterback market here throughout the rest of the offseason. Sean Payton was uh, out golfing today for a benefit and was a part of that. And he was asked a bit about quarterback. Now, Taysom Hill was literally like feet away from him when he was asked about this. So he was like, I don't really think quarterback's something that we're really, you know, not not high on the on the radar for us. We feel like we have some pretty good quarterbacks there. But I'm trying to take into consideration that like Taysom was at the very same event and all these other things. I think that if the right situation were to happen and the right player were available at the right time, then perhaps the Saints could look at quarterback in the draft. And Kyle Trask is one of those quarterbacks that's on my list. Uh, Obviously, as the host of Locked On Saints, I overlap with a lot of LSU fans. So they hate Kyle Trask. And there's not a lot that I could do about that. But when I look at Kyle Trask and I look at the style of the New Orleans Saints that we've seen since about 2017 as a precise, timely, cool under pressure, uh, good ball placement type of passer without having the biggest arm or anything, of course, in the draft class, he fits a little bit into the mold that was created for the offense that supported Drew Brees close to the line of scrimmage. So if the Saints wanted to have a backup or, or, or a young developing piece that fit to that mold as opposed to the new, what we're assuming to be Jameis Winston mold, which would be the big arm attack downfield kind of a guy, Kyle Trask makes a lot of sense in terms of being that developmental piece. Yeah, and you guys have 
quote unquote a lot of money tied up in quarterback right now because like voidable years are just right like yeah a thing that are just everywhere now according to the taste of hills contract you know it's like 140 something million dollars going to him over the next few seasons so take it for what you will it's all a grain of salt <laughs> yeah but i mean even then with voidable years and with Jameis's contract saints are going to need a quarterback in the future at some point Right. Where would you feel comfortable with them taking Kyle Trask? Because I know he's kind of like, people think that his talent-wise, he's a third-round pick. I mean, I thought that about Daniel Jones, and my mm-hmm. favorite team took him at six, so that was fun. Right. <laughs> but uh, So some people think of him as a third-round pick, but I mean, I personally have him very close to Mac Jones, and mm-hmm. I think they're pretty similar players. Yeah. Like Mac tested a bit better, but on, on the field, neither of them look athletic at all. Um, but Max off the field too, depending upon which picture of Mac Jones you come across. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And Mac is being looked at, looked at in quotes at third overall. Right. Uh, So just, yeah. I mean, who knows where anybody's going to go this year? Yeah. It's a wild thing, but I would probably say that the saints at pick 60, it might be a little bit early. You adjust for positional value a little bit because the guy is a quarterback, right? So you want to take that into consideration, but where the saints have the biggest holes are over on the defensive side. So because of that, I would probably put that, I would probably put Kyle Trask in my comfort with drafting him more within those third round compensatory pick areas, 98, one Oh five, where the saints select that seems to make the most sense for me. I would be super happy with him. If the Saints draft him at one thirty three. that would be an insane sort of potential, like depending upon what he developed into, like that would be huge. But in terms of, you know, what the saints are going to be looking to do here and also their inability over the last 15 years to show that they can develop young quarterbacks, right? That's not something they've had to do. They drafted Garrett Grayson, you know, years ago. That didn't work out. They traded up to grab Tommy Stevens to be petty last season so that Carolina couldn't get a hold of him in undrafted free agency. They just ended up cutting the guy and he ended up an undrafted free. He ended up signing with Carolina anyway. So for the Saints, uh, you know, there's not really a track record or a proven record of them saying we can draft young quarterbacks and mold them or develop them into something. So I worry about them investing too highly into a young quarterback when there are much more immediate needs still available uh, in those first two early rounds, whereas toward the bottom of the third round, and they'll move around, they'll trade around, they'll do their usual thing. But bottom of the third round seems to be the place where I feel most comfortable in terms of what he would be coming into New Orleans. Yeah, and you just mentioned what he would be coming into New Orleans. He's the kind of guy who he's he feels like he's like close to his ceiling already, just like not mm-hmm. a huge arm, not very mobile. So there's right. only so much you can do with him. But do you think he'd be maximized in a system like New Orleans, who's I mean, we've seen Drew Brees, who is a guy coming from the Chargers, was like not amazing at all, really. He's yeah. coming off a big torn shoulder labrum when he dove on the fumble. Right. And he wasn't even highly sought after and I mean, we, we've seen him thrive and become, at some point, arguably the best quarterback in the league. Right. And now we've got another guy who he's obviously not as pinpoint accurate, but he's kind of that same mold. He's like a worse Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. So how do you think he'd be able to, if he'd be able to step in early at all? Yeah, I think stepping in early, he would struggle, but I think that goes for any rookie quarterback, particularly somebody that's not, you know, number one overall. And as we've seen in history's past, number one overall also isn't, 
you know, I'm not really speaking of this year's number one overall, but usually number one overall is not completely sold, right? Like we're not really looking at that and going, that dude's definitely going to pan out because throw a dart and you'll hit a number one overall quarterback that didn't pan out. So I think that the system though around him, and we have to remember too that New Orleans, Sean Payton, what Sean Payton does well is not what he does to quarterbacks. It's what he does around quarterbacks. He schemes wide receivers extremely well. And so because of that, he creates separation for these receivers with his scheme. So if you have a uh, a, you know, a quarterback that can get through their progressions, which is part of what makes Taysom or made Taysom's four games last year so questionable to walk out of because we didn't really see the ability to really progress through reads. If you can progress through reads, if you can make the right decision as opposed to the big decision, which Kyle Trask does very well because he's very cerebral and he will make the decision that is most right for that moment as opposed to you know, trying to force something big to happen, then you do have the ability to succeed in a Sean Payton, New Orleans Saints offense. How far could Kyle Trask take it? We would have to see, right? Does he end up being somebody in New Orleans that, you know, defies expectations and becomes a very good quality starting quarterback with that scheme around him? Or does he captain it in such a way that let's say Teddy Bridgewater did or Chase Daniel did when he you know played for for the team as one of the backups things like that like you would just kind of have to see exactly where he would be able to develop on his own above where he is coming into the NFL right now did you know a coconut nut is not a nut and if you add brownie chunks it's a built bar Recent Built Bar champion coconut brownie chunk is new and improved built bar is the best protein bar on the market it has 18 delicious flavors personally i'm a cookie dough chunk or peanut butter brownie kind of guy that's always my sweet my sweet spot there if you're trying to eat clean but you've got a sweet tooth like i very much do that is no longer a problem built bar is your low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber solution you can even enjoy it if you're keto, remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. Now I am back with Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints, and we are going to talk about offensive weapon Kadarius Toney. Oh, bring it. I just love that phrase. I I love (laughs) it so much. All right, so we know that I've mentioned this before, but the Saints specifically, a very creative offensive play caller a very fun offense, and Kadarius Tony is really the ultimate gadget this year. He's mm-hmm. He plays a receiving role, running back, he can return, and he was a high school quarterback, so we know that he would, he would find a place somewhere in New Orleans. So how does that fit for you? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that jumps to mind is, you know, we were just talking about with Kyle Trask, one of the things that would benefit him from New Orleans system is Sean Payton's ability to scheme up wide receivers, right? Kadarius Tony 
just as much a benefactor of that very same uh, element of Sean Payton's expertise because of the fact that Kadarius Tony can line up outside. He could line up in a Z flanker role to really compliment Michael Thomas. He can line up in the slot. You can move Michael Thomas in the slot and line up Kadarius Tony on the outside of Michael Thomas, which then what the hell are you doing if you're a defense at that point with all those guys on the field together? Uh, that's one of the things that I really like about him. And then you have all of the end around capabilities, the quick screen pass capabilities with great run blockers at the tight end position, right? Who can get out and help to pass protect or really run protect once Kadarius Tony gets the ball in his hand their ability to line him up in the backfield and utilize him there either by getting him matched up on a linebacker running a, a route from out there if he's running an anger route or a Texas route which the Saints use out of the backfield a lot even option routes having both he and Alvin Kamara in the back backfield at the same time and each running option routes to their respective sides like come on this type of scheming that you'd be able to do with a piece like Kadarius Tony is just phenomenal and that's one of the things that excites me the most about him our good friend trevor sykema who's over with the draft network also a gators fan and of course one of the co-hosts of locked on nfl draft at tampa bay trey he mentioned that he called the way that he referred to Kadarius Tony was that he would be objectively hilarious in a sean payton system and when we were at the senior bowl watching him you called him the human personification of lanyap so he's everything that you could want in a new orleans system and everything you could want if you're a guy like Sean Payton who loves those guys that can be quote unquote, as he calls them multiple. Yeah. He just, he allows an offense to do so much and he's such Mm -hmm. a threat. Every time he touches the ball, we've seen him, the South Carolina game, he was surrounded by five defenders, broke away from it somehow, scored a touchdown. And I mean, I imagine he would have a lot more space to work with in new Orleans. But one of the things that I touched on specifically when talking about Kadarius with the saints is that, at least me personally, I feel like your guys' wide receiver unit, not great. Uh, right. Pretty top-heavy with Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. But besides <laughs> that, it's a lot of question marks, at least for me. So how do you think he'd be able to step in and fill a role immediately as a starter in addition to the gadget plays that yeah. he'd be participating in? That's a really great question. Uh, the Saints specifically draft with vision in mind they have a specific route for every player that they draft and every player that they sign an undrafted free agency and it all comes down to catering to what the player can do it's it's a little bit of the anti bill belichick approach which is like every position one to 53 has a binder and has responsibilities and like knows how to fit into the role that's being manufactured for the offense or for the defense or for special teams, for the Saints, it's more so a what do you bring to this team and how can we best utilize that with what we've already got going on? The Saints need another wrinkle on offense without Drew Brees. They need something else that sets them apart and can take them to another level. That wrinkle could be the deep ball, but who do you really have over on the Saints offense right now that can stretch the field? Traquan Smith might be able to do that. The third round pick from UCF from 2018. This will be the first time that maybe he gets the opportunity to actually play the position that he was drafted to play as opposed to playing out of the slot like we've seen from him for the first three years of his career. But when it comes to Kadarius Toney, he could compete for that Z flanker role, start a little bit off the line of scrimmage, keep himself a little bit away from press coverage, allow him to be able to create, get the ball in his hands close to the line of scrimmage and let him take advantage of that or develop him and see what you can do in terms of getting him you know through routes let's say you know 
six, seven, eight, nine, right? And see what he's able to do a little bit deeper down the field without routes in routes, things like that as well, coming over the top. So there, I think that's the way that you really see him immediately impact is can he be the guy that comes in and fills that flanker role immediately complimenting Michael Thomas? And then you have the ability, just like the Saints already do with Michael Thomas, who takes over, I think it's over 40% of his snaps from the slot throughout the, a healthy season. You would see the same thing and the same type of versatility from Kadarius Tony, but having the main role to be that guy that compliments their number one and how do you feel about Kadarius Tony uh comparing his running style to Alvin Kamara which at the pro day I've mentioned repeatedly that's what he did and that's what yeah his running style after yeah it was one of my favorite things to hear um because it makes sense I mean he has I think the contact balance Alvin Kamara is still in a league of his own and he is very special when it comes to that. But even still, you can see flashes of that in Kadarius. I mean, you referenced that that South Car- that play he made in South Carolina that maybe only he and Alvin Kamara could have made. You know what I mean? Uh, and so I, I love to hear that because it just further shows the fact that there is a role for him should he be drafted by the New Orleans Saints, which I would, you know, I would jump and shout and scream and be very excited for uh, but yeah i know I, I thought that was a, a pretty cool thing to see and you can certainly see it on tape and it's just a quality that he brings that the saints saw and liked out of alvin Kamara in his draft uh in in his draft process it's also a smart move by Kadarius tony knowing where he fits and knowing to evoke something about himself that this same team has seen in another player that they've drafted in the past it's also pretty good marketing on his part how would you feel about uh, taking him in the first? I'd be okay with that. I'd be perfectly fine with that. Like if they took him at 28, if if they traded up to draft him or something weird like that because they heard that another team might be interested, that I would have to see what the compensation was in order to move up those couple of spots or a few spots or whatever they did to make sure that they got the guy that they wanted. But if they were to draft him at 28, I wouldn't be upset with that at all. I mean, this is, again, you're looking for a wrinkle. You're looking for something new to introduce to this team with Drew Brees no longer being at the helm. And he would absolutely bring that to you and just bring back sort of the unpredictability of the Saints offense that we had seen in years past. I also would never be mad about getting another successful uh, athlete rapper in the in 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 the dressing room either him Teron Armstead CJ Gardner Johnson if Quan Alexander gets re-signed like I'm never gonna be mad at that yeah, I'm telling you Young Joker is gonna be one of the top played artists <laughs> for me for, on my phone he's definitely for gonna sure <laughs> and I'm so hood legend coding dreams every day yeah <laughs> um like I mentioned Kadarius Tony possibly 28th to the Saints. The over-under for Kadarius Tony's draft position is 27 and a half. I'm going to take the under just because I'm hopelessly optimistic with the Gators. Where am I going to do that? BetOnline.ag, of course. BetOnline covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV, and all the sports you need. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, it is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I've been using them for years. I've spent my entire bankroll multiple times in those years, but I always keep coming back. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by LOCKEDON and Odyssey is happening now, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LeCanfora, and Brian Baldinger. 
our local experts for every team will make trades and pick the next stars for their teams. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Welcome back for the third and final segment of today's episode of Locked On Gators. Of course, as promised, this segment will be taking a look at Trayvon Grimes, the wide receiver from the University of Florida, and some of his best NFC fits in the 2021 NFL Draft. Grimes is a 6'4", 220-pound receiver who primarily plays on the outside. He posted a 4'5'40 at the Florida Pro Day, which is pretty decently ahead of what I expected from him. I expected him to be in that late 4'5", 4'6", range. So that 4'5 is very surprising. He also posted a relative athletic score of 8.45 out of 10. And I know I've mentioned it before, but relative athletic score, or RAS, is your score of of athletic testing compared to other players at at your position when it comes to athletic testing. So of course, now it's pro days, numbers can be exaggerated slightly, however you want to think about it. But it does go to show that he is a significantly better athlete than originally anticipated for us. I did not expect him to have an 8.45. Of course, a lot of those numbers were because of his size, helped him a ton here. But nonetheless, he's a solid receiver prospect who's been getting a lot of love recently, especially Brett Coleman and EJ Snyder have been talking about him quite a bit way higher than most people have. For the NFC, a solid fit for Trayvon Grimes, the Chicago Bears. They have done a ton of pre-draft work on him. That's no secret. That's something we know. They've met with him multiple times. They could be losing their current number one wide receiver and a fantastic outside option in Allen Robinson. He got franchise tagged this year again. We could be seeing him hit free agency following this year. The Bears have also been rumored to be shopping Anthony Miller, who's another wide receiver for the team. He was drafted out of Memphis just a couple of years ago, but it has not been working out for him in Chicago. Adding Trayvon Grimes would also help and give the Bears the option to move Darnell Mooney, the wide receiver out of Tulane from last year's draft, into the slot a bit more where he's just better suited. Or we could see Trayvon Grimes play a bit of the big big slot role in this offense. It's also important to note, blocking is a major plus for Trayvon Grimes here. Chicago likes to run the ball, likes to pass it short, and then having that blocking downfield is huge to break up, to start big plays for this offense. Next up, the Detroit Lions. Again, NFC North, we're sticking with it apparently, but the Lions lost their four top receivers this year including Kenny Galladay, who is their big-bodied ex-receiver. And Trayvon Grimes, a smoother route runner than you'd expect from someone who is especially a leggy runner like he is. He's a long strider. But he does run routes smoother than you'd expect, and with the desperate need at wide receiver for the Lions in this draft, we could see them go multiple times to the well. He's also a big red zone threat, which is someone that they only really have in TJ Hawkinson now. So they're looking to add 
some kind of red zone threat to be a really option. And he's also a deep threat. Like I mentioned, he's long. He's a leggy runner. He sneaks up on you with his speed because you just don't expect it from someone at his side. But he picks up speed and he can sneak right by defenders if they sleep on him just a little bit. He will, however, need to become more aggressive as a receiver, especially in in contested catches situations, just because these lines are going to be having to force the ball a little bit. Jared Goff will probably have to do that. Not a great O-line, not a ton of separation from this receiving core, not a ton of talent from this receiving core. I'd expect them to go wide receiver early and often, seeing maybe two or even three picks as just pass catchers for the Detroit Lions. The final team that I'm going to be taking a look at as an NFC fit for Trayvon Grimes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This would be a huge fit for Trayvon Grimes because he'd be able to sit back and learn behind one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. And on top of that, he would be able to learn from Tom Brady, who he might not get a ton of work with early on. But I'm sure in practice, Tom Brady will point out ways that Trayvon Grimes can improve his game work better against NFL defensive backs, and find ways to get open as someone who struggled to create separation on a consistent basis. I think it's also very important that Trayvon Grimes would be working with Mike Evans, who's another big-bodied receiver that's sneaky athletic and is a big red zone threat. And Trayvon Grimes would even be able to step in as a red zone threat should there be any injury to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, and he could play big slot if they don't re-sign Antonio Brown and they're looking for another wide receiver option, although they do have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, and Tyler Johnson, who was surprising last year. That does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. I kept that third segment a little shorter just because Ross and I spent a good deal of time talking. Next episode, tomorrow, I'll be joined by Tyler Fornis from Blue Chip Scouting and Climbing the Pocket to talk about this Gators draft class in extensive detail thank you for listening once again i am brandon olson you can find me on twitter at wns underscore brandon you can find all of my written work at whole9sports.com that's w-h-o-l-e-n-i-n-e sports.com thank you again to ross jackson for helping me out with these first two segments in today's show you can follow him on twitter at ross jackson nola N-O-L-A on Twitter. Check out Locked On Saints. Of course, don't forget to follow Locked On Gators so that you never miss an episode. Also, be sure to check out Locked On Falcons, hosted by Aaron Freeman, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I know it's weird to shout out Aaron Freeman because rivals shows, but I did just have Ross on, and I figured the Falcons are used to being behind the Saints, so it'd be like, you know, no big deal, really. 